Good to see everybody this morning. We're continuing our series in, in knowing our ID, knowing our identity, finding our true worth. And over the past few weeks, we've been looking into this very topic, where does our true worth come from? Does it come from what I do? Does it come from how many people like me? Does it come from how well I perform? Does it come from how well I do in school? Does it come from what college I get into? Does my worth come from how much money I make? Does my worth come from how well my children do or, or how uh, well they excel at, at certain things? And if we look into the world, those are the very things that people try to find their worth in. And, and so we, we struggle with, with having good feelings about ourselves when these things don't occur. And then when you look into our world and you realize that there are so many people that are unhappy, unhappy with their lives, with their marriages, with, the, with their jobs, many are struggling with their identity and, and, and trying to find out who they are. You, you'll hear things like, I just need to find myself. I've got to find who I am, what I'm all about. See, the problem, as we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks, is that we can tend to turn to external things to, to fix an internal thing. And we've discovered over the last couple of weeks that the problem is spiritual. That, that we might fix things for a time, but in the long run, it only allows us feeling empty again. Americans spend $11 billion a year on the self-help industry. And we falsely believe that if I just do better, I'll feel better about myself. If I just get the right job or if I'm just the right mother or husband or father, then, then, then my worth, I'll feel better about myself. And we can all fall trapped to many different ways of trying to find Worth, and we, we talked about the performance trap last week. Uh, if you missed it, any of these series, you can you can you can download them online through iTunes, or you can get the CD after the service. But I want to look at another major roadblock that comes from finding our identity and and, and our worth, and and why Americans are so unhappy, and 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 why we struggle with our identity and and who we are, and if, if certain things don't actually work out in our lives, we, we then internalize it and, and feel unworthy ab- about ourselves. And, and we can look into our own lives. It can come from many different ways. Maybe our goals were not met. Maybe we're, we're trying to please our parents. Maybe you had a sibling that was much more successful than you were, and you always lived in the shadow of your brother or your sister. You know, your parents let you know that you're not as successful as they are and maybe you didn't do as well in school and, and you felt like an outcast. Maybe it was the same way with sports or whatever it is that we try to find our, our worth in, that these things just didn't work out the way we thought it, it would. Now, now listen, here's, here's the trap that I believe, another huge trap. We talked about the performance trap, but I, I think this trap we've all fallen into, either one time or another, we all fall into this trap to try to find our worth, and it's the approval trap. Now, let, let me just say this right off the bat. There's nothing wrong with, with being appreciated or encouraging someone. That's important. I love to encourage my, my, my children and, and my wife. I, I appreciate when people tell me they're praying for me. There's nothing wrong with that. We are to, the Bible says we are to encourage one another and build one another up in the Lord. But we need to ask ourselves this question. Do we need to be approved by others in order to feel good about ourselves? Do we constantly need to be validated for our efforts? That's where we can cross the line in, in wanting to be encouraged, and it's okay to encourage one another to, am I the, is there a constant need in my life to be validated for what I do, and if I'm not validated for that, I struggle and, and I internalize it and I get upset. Listen, if, if there's a constant need for validation for our efforts, a, a constant need to be approved by others, if so, you just might be an approval addict. You, you just might have fallen into that approval trap. And, 
And it, 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 we can look at it in different ways. If, if I purposely look for compliments and if I don't receive them, am I hurt and, and do I become resentful when someone doesn't write me a thank you note for something that I did for them? And you hold that in your heart and you become bitter when 25 years ago when, when, when you did something for Aunt Gertie and she never said thank you. And to this day, you're still mad at Aunt Gertie for not thanking you for what you did for her. We can all get there, can't we? We can all get angry when we're not appreciated for certain things. So do I purposely look for compliments? And if I don't receive them, do I become resentful? That, that, that's part of the approval problem in trying to find our worth. Now, now here are some signs. Let me just give you some signs that you might have an approval problem. Just see if I'm, we're going to throw some of these around and let's see if they, they stick, okay? Here, here's just a couple things. You might have an approval problem or you might be an approval addict if, if, if you are a people pleaser. You are overly concerned with what others think and you are quick to find out what others are saying about you. Boy, it's getting real quiet in here. Okay, let's do the next one. Might have an approval problem if you have trouble saying no to people because you do not want to let anyone down. Just something to pray about, okay? I'm just throwing these out, okay? You might have an approval problem if you've taken on extra obligations at the request of others only to feel resentful of them later. These are so good. I know these are sticking to some of you right now. I know they are, okay? Another area that you might, another uh, question here you need to ask yourself, are, are you quick to be offended if someone is not happy with what you did? might have an approval problem if you believe that when someone disapproves of you, it means that something is wrong with you. Now, here's a big one. You might have an approval problem if you hold grudges and hold on to bitterness for those who disagree with you. You might have an approval problem if you hold yourself up to ridiculously impossible standards. Now, if, if we're not careful, the approval trap can eat us up alive. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, every, including myself, every single one of us in this room struggle in one area or another when it comes to approval. You see, we can feel great about ourselves and the things that we've done and the things that we have accomplished and we're trying to you know, it's nothing wrong with trying to do good things and help people and all those other things, but we can feel great about ourselves. But what happens is when there's one insensitive word that is said towards us, it can destroy all our hard work to be approved. Come on, that's good preaching right there. You know it's true, right? If we're looking for approval from others by what we do, we can, we, we can know, matter-of-factly, if we do it with the wrong motives, that if someone says one word of discouragement towards us, one thing that, that, that didn't gel with us, one insensitive word can destroy everything, and then we've got to come back and say, why did I do that in the beginning? What were my motives? Because if there's one insensitive word that is said towards us and it destroys all our work to try to find worth in what we do, it can show and it can reveal the motive for why we're doing what we're doing. Am I doing it for that person or am I doing it for the Lord because I want to please Him? And this is a good, these, listen, this message is a good check for all of us on why we do what we do. And what's my motive for doing that? Is it, is it to get the accolades of man so people can look at me and say how wonderful I am so I can receive compliments from people? Now, once again, it's okay to encourage people 
and, and write them thank you notes. I'm not saying don't do that. We are to encourage each other. But if me, in my heart, I'm fishing for those things, I'm looking for those things because that's how I find my worth, then guess what? You are going to get burned out so quickly in your life because you're going to look to try to please everybody. And you won't be able to say no to anybody because you're finding your worth in what you do for other people. And what happens is it's like a, it's like a ugly green monster in your soul that can never be fed because you don't want to disappoint anybody. You don't want to hear one negative word from anybody. And so you, you're not able to say no. You don't, want to, you don't want to displease anybody. You don't want to let anybody down. So one insensitive word can destroy all our hard work to be approved. So how do we free ourselves from the approval trap to try to find our worth? We know our worth cannot come from how well we perform or from the approval from others. We've discovered that we have to find our worth in Christ and God has a solution for our need for approval from man and and we need to find it at the foot of the cross and here's the reason why here's why we need to come to the cross of jesus christ and 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 find it in jesus and jesus alone because at the foot of the cross we find reconciliation we're made right before the lord we find forgiveness at the foot of the cross for what jesus christ has done for us we find acceptance at the foot of the cross that we're so desperately looking for our fulfillment and our worth must come from christ and christ alone if it does not we're going to look for these false substitutes to fill that need and that's why so many people are miserable that's why there's so many broken relationships because what we do is we place all these expectations on people don't we and we want all these people to perform a certain way And when they don't do it the way we wanted them to do it, and we place all these expectations on people, and they don't meet our expectations, then we become frustrated. Listen, people, I'll boil down all your marriage problems right now. Ready? It's going to save you thousands of dollars of counseling. Are you ready? Here's where all relationship problems boil down to. Here's where all marriage problems usually boil down to. It boils down to one thing, selfishness. It boils down to, you didn't perform the way I wanted you to perform, and now I'm disappointed with you. Why don't you act this certain way? Why didn't you do this for me? And really, what it is, it's all about expectations. We expect something of someone, and when those expectations aren't met, we are frustrated. People, it's amazing when I meet with people and you begin to talk through issues and problems. I don't care what it is, whether it's marriage problems or family relationship problems or whatever, work problems, whatever it is, it usually boils down to expectations. You had one set of expectations that were were not met and so you're frustrated. The problem is we never talk about our issues. We don't communicate them that, you know what, I expected this and you didn't do this, and then you look at the other, all the person goes, I didn't even know you expected that. I didn't even know that's what you desired. I didn't even know that's what you wanted. Well, you should have. Right? Duh. Why didn't you know that? Well, I didn't know because you didn't tell me. You know, it's funny. When, when I do premarital counseling with couples, I'll just go through a list of things with them. Like, okay, where are you guys going to spend Christmas? Whose house? Who's going to handle the checkbook? Well, I just thought you were. Well, I just thought you were. Well, I just thought you were. Why well, you're a lot better at handling money. I don't want to handle the money. I don't like doing the checkbook. I don't, that's, to me, just stick a knife in my head. I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to do it either. Well, who's going to do it? Well, I don't know. And, and these little well, we're just into love. And they're holding hands and they're looking at each other. And, well, love will just figure out. I said, no, it's not. Because six months you'll be sitting back in my office arguing about all these things. Why? Unmet expectations. You didn't communicate it through. You didn't talk it through. And so the problem is you get frustrated. 
And so we've got to be really careful in our, in our lives that, that, that we're, we're, we're not moving away from the cross. We've got to keep moving towards the cross, finding our forgiveness, our acceptance that we're so desperately looking for. And, and, and really, I believe this statement is so true. I believe the only way we can break free from this approval trap is to have, is to have a right relationship with God, is to be reconciled to God. If you re- listen, Boy, this is a good pulpit right here. I can bang this thing hard. Listen to me. Listen. To be reconciled means to be in right relationship. And, and if there's any dysfunction within relationships and frustrations within relationships, whether it's, I don't care what it is, marriage or your family, whatever the bad relationship, dysfunction relationship is, listen, we can boil it down to you've got a miscommunication You're not firing on all cylinders with your relationship with Jesus. Because if that relationship with Christ is in right order, you will see relationships the way God sees relationships. You will begin to serve that relationship and become a servant. Not what I can gain out of this, because the closer we get to Christ, the more we realize i got to drop my stuff. I've got to drop my desires and what I want, and I, I've come to serve Christ and to serve others. See, there's nothing inside of me that can be offended that hasn't died. Right? So if there's something in me that's offended, then there's something in me that hasn't died that God's trying to reveal to us what needs to die. But we don't want that thing to die because we like feeling mad. We like feeling resentful. We want that other person to pay, don't we? We want them to hurt just a little bit longer. You know, it's the old, you know, when you're a kid and you got in trouble and your mom would say, just wait till your dad gets home. No, just spank me now, mom. Just do it. Get it over with now. I don't want to wait till dad gets home. You know, we just, we want the other person to pay. But if my relationship with Christ is in right order, I'm looking at the cross and what Jesus Christ did for me and how he suffered for my sins. Jesus didn't wait for me to get it all together before he died on the cross. He died in spite of my sins. So, so listen, the need for approval from man means there's something wrong with my relationship with God. And so we need to be reconciled with God in order to break this approval problem with man. So why is reconciliation so important? Well, let's look at a scripture here, why Paul, the apostle, thinks it's so important. In Colossians 1, 21 and 23, he says this, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing what? Evil deeds. He now says, this is your life in Christ. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you as what? Holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So what Paul is saying here is Christ is the one who's reconciled you with God, that you might be presented in Christ blameless before God without any sin, stain, or wrinkle, or transgression in your life, that you can stand before Him, a holy God, that God will forgive you through His Son, Jesus Christ. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not not shifting from, from the hope of the gospel that you heard, moving away from that, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul became a minister. So what Paul is saying here is through Christ, we are blameless and no longer enemies with God. In fact, we are now friends with God. Before Christ, we were hostile to God, enemies because of our sins. We wanted to do things our own way. We're looking for the approval of man. We're looking for the glorification of ourselves. We wanted people to notice what we did. But I want you to understand something here. Jesus accepted us when we were unacceptable. So what it boils down to is 
acceptance. We want people to like us. And thus, I'm going to find, hopefully, my worth. But here's the gospel message that Paul says you can't walk away from this message of Christ. And the gospel message is God loved us so much while we were still sinners, he sent his son to die in our place, and Jesus took the penalty for us. So this is where we have to find our worth and no place else. We've got to find it at the foot of the cross, at the foot of the cross where, where Christ has forgiven us even in our sinful state when we were not worthy of it. By God's grace, he still loved us and allowed his son to be a sacrifice for us. Look at Romans 5.10. Paul continues the same thought. He says, for while we were enemies, we were what? Reconciled to God by what? By the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So by sending his son, what God did for us was he took the first step. He took that first step in reaching out to us. And so through Christ, we are accepted and we are forgiven. This gives us that correct relationship with God. I didn't earn it. It wasn't through my merit. It was through God's grace. We cannot earn God's approval through our own merits. There's no way we could ever appease a holy God because he was perfect. So the gospel message that Paul is talking about here is that we are unconditionally accepted by the grace of God. So what Jesus says is, he says, listen, come. Come with all your stuff, your hang-ups, your dysfunctions, and your insecurities. Come with all that stuff. And through Jesus' precious sacrifice and through his blood, he will cleanse you and make you new again. And so the problem that we have is when we have so many relationship problems and all these other problems, it really boils down to that there's something askew with my relationship with Christ. There's something that Christ is not fulfilling in my life or that I misunderstand in the gospel message of Jesus that's causing me to search for things in the world to fulfill my heart's desire that only Christ can. So the problem is, follow me here, the problem is if I'm always looking to man to fulfill my needs and to find approval and find worth in man's acceptance of me, something's wrong because man can never fulfill your worth. Let me let you in on a little secret. Your spouse can never fulfill your worth. Your children can never fulfill your worth. If you're looking for your children to make you feel good, guess what? They're going to disappoint you, right? Guess what? Your spouse is going to disappoint you. Let's wake up into the real world here. Let's smell the coffee, people. They're going to disappoint you. And the reason why we get frustrated is because they're not meeting something in my life. They're making me look bad, right? So we look at our kid and we try to correct them, but the way we correct them is not this way. It's not because we, we want to correct them so that, so that we correct their character so they become more like God and more godly. No, we correct their character because they made me look bad. How could you make me look bad in front of your teachers, in front of that parent? I'm embarrassed by the way you act. You know what that says to the kid? that pushes that kid into an approval mode that's not sincere. Because then what they end up doing is turn around and saying, okay, now all i got to do is i got to be good Johnny. Johnny's going to be good. Johnny's not going to do anything bad. Johnny's going to try to look for approval from his parents over and over and over again. 
and not finding their worth and a God who loved them unconditionally. And that's a dangerous place. And listen, there's many of us here today that even, even coming to the cross of Jesus and finding forgiveness for our sins, we're still living in that mode. We're still living and trying to find the approval of our, our spouse. We're still living vicariously through our kids. You know, come on. We do. Now, I don't, it's not wrong to be excited about your kids and, 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 and what, they, you know, what they've done and, and you're excited about their accomplishments. There's nothing wrong. I, I'm a, listen, I'm a dad with three kids and my kids do something good. I, you know, my kids, I'm up in the stands. I'm the nut up in the stands. And who's that parent? You know, oh, he must be the parent of Wesley because he keeps yelling Wesley's name. That's that nutty parent, that weird pastor. Yeah, that, you know, listen, I know you get proud of your kids when, when they do. And we should encourage our kids. We want them to do well. But the problem is, am I vicariously living through my kids and finding my worth? So what happens when they don't do well? What happens when they don't get all the good grades? See, that's where we've got to really check our heart. Where am I finding my worth and my approval? Am I looking at it through man? Or are we teaching our kids that my worth can only come from Christ? That he loves you and it's only by his grace that he accepts you. And you know what? When you mess up, God is faithful and just to forgive you. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. Do you know that? Do you know that you can come to Christ at any time? and confess your sins, and he's faithful to forgive you. That's why he died on the cross for you, because he loves you. He doesn't want you to walk in sin because he understands the destructive pattern of sin and what can it do to your life and how it can draw you away from God. And how walking away from God in the gospel of Jesus Christ allows you to fall into a world that's looking for approval from man, looking for approval from your friends, peer pressure, the whole thing, to try to fit in and blah, blah, blah. And it's just a pit that can never be filled. And it's a miserable, lonely life. But when you come into that life with Christ, that he loves you, he accepts you by his grace, there's fullness of joy. Knowing that I don't have to perform for Jesus. That Jesus isn't like, oh, goody, goody, gumdrops. You came to church this morning. Let me put, there's my chart for Barden. Good, he came to church and... November 18th, and he went to the baptism. Ooh, good, look at that. Let's get our little, let me put a gold star on your forehead. Listen, that's not the way it is with a relationship with Christ. He loves you. He gave his life for you while you were still an enemy with him. That's how much he loves you. He says, come to me, find my grace, find my forgiveness through my blood, and you can find healing for your souls. So we are unconditionally accepted by the grace of God, not your merit. So Jesus says, come, come with all this stuff. So does God overlook our sins? No, he doesn't. They were poured out on Christ as he became our sacrifice and the wrath of God, the judgment of God was poured out on Jesus himself. It should have been pointed towards us, but it was poured out upon his only son. That's how much God loves us. So this is what happens on the cross. This is what happened when Jesus died on the cross. It, it, all this forgiveness and his grace was poured out upon us that we, could not, that we could not do in our own strength. So without the cross, there's no way we could be at right relationship with God. So here's how it helps me. When I understand the cross, and I understand the gospel message and what Jesus did for me, when I look at my relationships... If not, if, if everybody doesn't approve of what I do, you know what I say? I didn't do it for you anyways. If I don't get your approval on everything I do, you know what? I may be wrong in some of the things that I do or some of the choices that I make, but you know what? With all my ability, we try to please the Lord, right? And we're going to make mistakes. Can I just say this to all of you? Have a little grace with each other. Have a little grace. It's interesting how much grace we want to have on ourselves. But when it comes to other people, we're very, we're very particular. We're very stingy about allowing grace. That doesn't mean we don't correct each other. That doesn't mean when someone sins that we don't restore them and we don't correct them and God doesn't discipline us. That's not what I'm talking about. 
But you know, we need to have a little grace with each other. And the bottom line is you can't please everybody. And if you're trying to please everybody and make everybody happy, you're going to get burned out real quick. You're going to live a pretty miserable life. And the thing is, we have to do everything we can to honor God in our lives, to honor Christ. Why am I doing what I'm doing? We, we have to ask ourselves, am I doing it to get the approval of people? Or am I doing it because I want to please you, Jesus, and you alone? So it really doesn't matter what man will say. Do you think Jesus was out to please everybody? Do you think his conversations with the Pharisees was all about, I want these guys to get to like me when he's calling them a brood of vipers, a bunch of snakes, when he's calling them, you're just like dead man's bones in a tomb whitewashed on the outside, but on the inside it's full of dead man's bones. Those weren't real neat compliments. He wasn't trying to, you know, get comfy cozy with the Pharisees. Those were fighting words, okay? Do you think he cared? No, he brought the truth. But then when it came to the sinner and Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, isn't it interesting how God's grace was poured out on those people in those situations? A lot of grace, right? So let's have a little grace with each other. And remember, if you're trying to do it yourself, and trying to do it to please people, you're going to be miserable every single time. So the bottom line is, in Christ, when we're found in Him, our future is, is very bright. Look at what Paul says to the Ephesians. I love this. He says, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and you believed in Him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Let me boil this whole message down for you. Here's the problem. When we walk away from the gospel message and how Christ accepts us, here's the problem. When we're looking to please man and to find the approval of others, really what it boils down to is there's a fear of rejection. That's the fear. We don't want people to reject us. But what Paul just said here is, in Christ, we no longer walk in the fear of rejection, do we? Jesus promises to never leave us or forsake us. The reason why we can easily fall into the trap of approval is for the simple reason of rejection. Some of you are here today and you may have been hurt or rejected from your parents or someone that you were close to. So basically what you've done is you've basically shut your life down and you're going to protect yourself from anyone getting close to you because you don't want to get that feeling of rejection again. I want you to understand when you understand the gospel message, Jesus, listen, listen, hung on the cross and he was rejected by everyone. Guess what? For you and I. Father God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus died to that fear of rejection. And so the bottom line with approval is we don't want to be rejected. Maybe some of you are rejected because of your appearance or a job or whatever. You know, some of you are here today and you were the ones that were the last one picked for kickball, grade school. And you hated when that time came up for gym, when they had to pick sides, because you're like, oh my goodness, just kill me now. It's so embarrassing. And I know how you feel, because when I would play with the men's basketball time, open gym, I am like the worst basketball player ever. So I would come, just hang out with the guys. I'm not that good. I'm always the last one to get picked. And it's just so embarrassing because they all know that I'm terrible. And they pick Ruth Brooks over me. And it's just, it's just bad. The whole thing is, is, the whole thing is just, it's just bad. It's just not good, you know. It's nice when you're the first one picked, you know, because that's the best player. I want the best player. So what I do to try to, to try to relieve that fear of reject, I am always want to be the team captain. I want to be the one picking everybody, so I'm not the last one picked. It's, it's hard to be there. But listen, 
Here's the good news. Here's the good news of the gospel message. God does not determine our value or our worth on these things. Whether you're picked first or you're picked last. Your worth is based in the fact that you are loved through Christ's sacrifice for you. That's, boy, that should have got a hand clap right there. That should have got a lot of praise. Let's just thank God for that. I mean, that, that's the gospel message. Your worth is not based on those things. It's not based on how many people approve of you, how many people like you, how many Facebook friends you have. I know some of you, listen, I'm going to go here, and you're going to be mad at me, but I'm just going to go here, okay? I know some of you, you put something on Facebook, something that you like, and you check out every five minutes, how many thumbs up did I get? How many likes did I get? And when you get like 40 likes, you're like, wow, I got 40 likes on it. Hey, honey, look, at I got 40 likes on that little comment that I made. Listen, <laughs> it got real quiet in here, because it's true. Just saying, something to pray about. Okay, listen, it's true. Because we want that approval. But our approval doesn't come from those things. Our worth doesn't come from those things. It comes from who we are in Christ and what he already did for us. I like what Robert McGee says here. He says, our worth lies in the fact that Christ's blood paid for our sins. Therefore, we are reconciled to God. Our worth is lies in the fact that we are now made right before God. So if you're falling into this approval trap, listen, you need to look at your relationship with Christ. There is a disconnect somewhere in your relationship with Christ that you have not found your worth in Christ. You're still looking for substitutes to find that worth. If you're still looking for the approval of people, if you are upset when everybody doesn't thank you, if you're upset when you don't get a whole bunch of likes on your Facebook status, if you've got all this stuff, then there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect with your relationship with God and you have not found that reconciliation with God. You have not truly found your worth in Christ and Christ alone because really when it all boils down he's the only one that you need to have approval of he's the only one that you should be wanting to please now that once again understand me correct that doesn't mean you don't encourage people that you don't want to do nice things for people we should all be doing that's part of us being christian reaching out to one another and building up the body of christ but if i'm looking at those things to find my worth there's a disconnect in my relationship with Christ. There's a misunderstanding there. I'm not completely understanding the gospel message correctly. I don't really understand the worth of Christ and what he's truly done for me because when you get that, it sets you free. It sets you free from all the garbage of the world and wanting all this approval from people and things and what I do and what I don't do. It sets you free from that stuff. And Jesus is the perfect example of someone who didn't need the approval of man. God, I've come to do your will and your will alone. And I know that it means that people are going to reject me. People aren't going to like me. But you know what? I've come to do your will. And we need to be careful here because this worldly self-worth can creep its way into the church. Because we can use the right Christian words. We use what we do for Christ as a tool for our own glorification and not Christ. We can promote ourselves by what we do for God. How we read the Bible and how often we attend church. We have to be careful about all these things. But what Paul does here in Galatians, he draws a clear line between the approval of man and God. And listen to what Paul says here, Galatians 1.10. He says, listen, Am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? He says, listen, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I would not be a servant of Christ because you can't do both. Because a servant of Christ says, I have laid down all my rights at the foot of the cross. I was bought with a price and I am not my own. So 
If someone doesn't pay me a compliment, I'm not going to hold on to that grudge. I'm going to let that go because I've laid that down at the foot of the cross. If somebody offends me, I'm going to lay that offense down at the foot of the cross because Jesus took all those offenses upon himself as he died a bloody death upon that cross. Are you getting it? I hope you're getting this because this is good. Because the problem is when I'm looking for the approval of man and Paul says it, listen, there may be people out there that are better preachers than me. There are people that are siding with Campbell. Some follow Paul, some follow... Paul's saying, listen, I'm not going to get drawn into that game of who's better preacher, how many people are going over here, who's the bigger church, who has the bigger following. If I'm doing that, then I cannot be a servant of Christ at the same time. Because a servant of Christ has laid down all his needs. He, 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 he lifts up others at the expense of himself. There's a denial that happens. Jesus denied his own rights to die for you and I, who was innocent of everything. That's the gospel message. And we've got to get this right, people. Because there's some of you here today and there's some people that you haven't forgiven. And, 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 and you're saying, well, they don't, they're not forgiven because I've set up my own checklist on what is forgivable and not forgivable. Meanwhile, Jesus forgave you of all your sins. We absolutely have no right not to forgive others. Now, listen, that doesn't make what that person did right. They have to stand before God and give an account for what they've done. But when Jesus said to Peter, how many times, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Just seven times? Because that's the limit, right? Because that's it. Once I've done that, I'm done, right? I'm done with that person. Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. Which I think Jesus was laughing when he said, no, it's it. Jesus being facetious. He's saying, listen, I'm just going to give you an outrageous number just to make you think about it. And if we're unwilling to forgive one another, how can Christ ever forgive us? That's the gospel message. That's a servant. That's what Paul says. I've got to move on. I cannot live with the approval of man. So when you feel you are unworthy, when you feel like giving up, when you feel rejected and you're not good enough, come to the cross. Remember who you are in Christ. You are forgiven. And here's the good news. I like this promise. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament. Paul says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, or height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I pretty much say that verse every single week because it's a promise of God that nothing can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some of you need to hear that. There's no one that can reject you. There's no amount of approval that people approve you or not that can ever separate you from the love of God. So listen, for you that are here today, you've got to ask yourself, there is some, if for you here today, if you feel unworthy, if you're still trying to do things to meet the approval of others and you're frustrated, the, the bottom line is there's a disconnect with your relationship with God. That that's, It's a spiritual issue that you need to come to the foot of the cross and you need to say, God, I, I, Jesus, I need to lay this at your feet because I'm bitter right now. There's unforgiveness. I'm still mad at that person because they didn't thank me or this or that. And I've done all these things. I've done all these things for my family and do you think they appreciate it? No, they don't. And I'm just mad about that. I'm just bitter about that. And Jesus says, oh, you are? Okay, then why don't you come and spend some time with me? Because I'll change your heart. I'll take away that bitterness. Stop trying to please people. Listen, if you want to do the will of God in your life, then you come to Christ and you say, there is no offense in me, Jesus, that I should ever hold on to in comparison to what you did for me upon that cross. I hold a grudge? And meanwhile, you died a bloody death and forgave me of all my mishaps and sins? And I'm holding on to this? 
because this person didn't thank me or appreciated what I did? Are you serious? Really? People, listen. We need to have a come-to-Jesus moment this morning. We just need to have a come-to-Jesus moment this morning and just say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for trying to find me. I'm with you, people, okay? Because I know when someone doesn't appreciate you or they don't say nothing, it's easy to hold on to those things. But when you come to the foot of the cross and you understand God's love and how it was poured out on you where you didn't deserve it, His grace, His grace overshadows all that stuff and causes you to walk in freedom and peace. Amen? Some of you are so trapped this morning and you're just so bottled up and you're just, oh, you're just, any word will just get you fighting. Just, you're just waiting to pick a fight with somebody, right? You're just waiting for that one word. Someone's going to spark in your heart and say, yeah, that's what I was looking for. And you're just going to take off the gloves and just start fighting. Jesus says, stop. Jesus says, stop fighting, okay? Just stop it. Stop trying to find your approval there. Find it in me. Allow me to humble you. Allow me to pour out my grace on your heart. We got to come to the cross. Let's not let, let, let's 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 heed the warning of Paul and not move away from the gospel message. Let's come to the gospel message. Let's be gospel people. Listen, listen, listen. Some of you, you know, okay, Pastor, I know John 3, 16, Jesus died for me, died for my sins. I know that, I know that, I know that. But you know, we're not living it because when you live it and you understand the gospel message, then you're forgiving people. You're not looking for the approval of others. See, when those things creep up and you're looking for approval and you're bitter and you're mad, you're not living out the God. You may know it up here, but you ain't living it. Jesus says, be gospel people and begin to live it in your life. And allow me to set you free from the approval of of man. Let me set you free of those things. As Paul said, am I trying to please man or am I trying to please God? If I were, I would not be a servant of Christ. Well done, thou good and faithful, negative, bitter, hold on to grudges person. Is that what Jesus says? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the words I want to hear from Jesus when I enter into his presence. Not, Barden, you made it, good job, but you held on to a lot of stuff, Barden. You held on to a lot of bitterness that you should have never held on to. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, as we bow our hearts before you today, Lord, I know this was a tough, tough message for us to hear, but we need you, Jesus. Lord, we're all together in this. We need to hear a clear gospel message that says Jesus died for our sins. We are unworthy of it. And Lord, in order for us to live out that message, we've got to be willing to forgive. We've got to be willing to let go of bitterness. We've got to be willing to let go to uh, the, the idea that, that we need approval from other people, that we need to say yes to everybody because there's this fear of rejection. There is no more fear of rejection when we come to the foot of the cross and we are accepted by, by Jesus through the cross by his grace. It's spiritual, God. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here today that they would come to the foot of the cross and they would find your mercy and your grace to help them in their time of need. So thank you for... Thank you for not giving up on us, Jesus. Man, you could have gave up on me a long time ago, but you are patient with us. Thank you for your patience. And Lord, I pray for every person here today that you would break the ties, that you would break the chains of approval. That God, you would speak to their hearts about the, the action steps that they need to take from this moment forward to make it right with people and to ask for your forgiveness, God. I pray that you would do that in their hearts today so that we would be a gospel people. We would be a people like Paul said, am I trying to please man or am I trying to please God? If I weren't, I would not be a servant of Christ. Are we servants of you, Jesus? Then let us show it by how we offer forgiveness 
and not hang on to bitterness. Lord, speak that message deep within our spirits this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Listen, we're going to, we're going to sing the song in closing. And I'm just going to open the altars today for you to come and just pray. You can pray at your seat. You can pray at the altar. But I just want us to make this a sacred time with the Lord. I don't, I don't want to rush this real quickly here. I want to make this a sacred time with God. If you feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and just prompting you in areas of your life, I want you to just make that real with God today as you lay it at His feet and then take those action steps to, to offer forgiveness, whatever you need to do to make that right before the Lord, to be that servant that, that Christ has called you to be. Let, let's be gospel people that are living it out, not just knowing it, not just church goers. That's not what Christ calls us to be. He doesn't call us to be religious. He calls us to be gospel people that are living out that message in our relationships, in our work relationships in our married lives. He wants us to live as servants. So let's do that today. So let's stand. And if you want to come and pray at the altar, then let's do that. Just, just as you sing the words of these songs, let's just make it our prayer this morning and let God just speak to your heart this morning. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Seated above Enthroned in the Father's love Destined to die, poured out for all mankind. God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. He never sinned, but suffered as if he did.
gives us a glimpse into the book of Revelation where those tribulated saints overcame <clears throat> the tribulation, overcame the persecution through the blood of Christ, through his sacrifice for us, and the word of their testimony, what Christ did for them and most importantly in them. And whether you realize it or not, when you are in Christ, every single one of you have a testimony. You've got something that you can tell somebody else of what Jesus did in your heart. And here's the wonderful thing about being a follower of Christ. You can now choose to do what's right in God's eyes. And it may be totally contrary to what the world may think or see, but in Christ you say, you know what, I'm different. I'm countercultural now. I give forgiveness where other people would say, how can you forgive? You say, I do because Christ forgave me. That's my testimony. Christ forgave me when I was unforgivable. That's your testimony. So for those of you here today, let's find our worth in Christ. Lord, today as we go, may we find our worth in you and you alone. May we be gospel people that live out that testimony. May we be the first to forgive. May we be the last to get angry. May we be slow to speak, quick to listen, God. So may we be those gospel people, those servants that you've called us to be. And I thank you for your word today. I thank you for who you are, Jesus. And most of all, Jesus, I thank you for forgiving us when we didn't deserve it. And so we're thankful for that. We, may we now go and be your servants that you've called us to be. In Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Listen, if any of you need prayer today, we will have our prayer partners up here. Pray whatever you're going through. Otherwise, have a great day. Hope to see you guys tonight. God bless you. Have a great day.